Happy Thanksgiving from Roman Gabriel III and the Sold Out Sports Talk team. Roman will be back next week. Today, it's a best of Sold Out Sports Thanksgiving special featuring interviews with Chad Henning, a Super Bowl champ with the Dallas Cowboys, former FSU quarterback and Fox Sports announcer Chris Ricks, former Redskins QB Gus Farratt, and Caleb Castile of the movie Woodlawn. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Over the next hour, you'll hear what's going on in the sports world from a Christian's perspective. Now, here's your host, Roman Gabriel III. My good friend, Chad Henning, it's been a while. It has been a while. One of the Super Bowls past when you interviewed me before. I know, Ice Bowl, Dallas Cowboy, it wasn't (laughs) Green Bay either. (laughs) You remember that? They do. That was a crazy week. That was the blizzard. Unusual weather for North Texas. Yes, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Now, 50, we've got the Broncos and the Panthers. The Broncos have been there before. This is the first time in 10 years for the Panthers, a little younger football team. But you remember what that's like as a Dallas Cowboy, right, as being a young football team, that first Super Bowl team, coming off what was a, a, a disastrous start when Jimmy Johnson came in and then turned into something great, right? Exactly, and it's you know just a testament to what hard work and you know camaraderie as a team and, and believing in yourself, all those intangibles that you know that made that team great. Tell me about the Super Bowl and about the pressure that comes with it, because uh, you know obviously three Super Bowls in four years, that Cowboy team before free agency, cons- I would consider to be one of the most talented, maybe the be- one of the best football teams of all time. Um, how much has this game changed as you've seen it over the years? What's been the biggest thing to you that you've noticed? It's gotten bigger and better. You know, more exposure. There's more money in the game, certainly. You know, I think that players are, are more talented from a physical perspective that, you know, they take care of their bodies better. Just the different training protocols from weight training, you know, nutrition along the way that some of these guys to be as big as they are, to move as fast as they can, to be as athletic as they can, you know, that's the biggest difference I've seen in the game. But, you know, the game itself, it's still blocking, tackling, you know, the basics, the X's and O's of football. So how, what was your weight uh, your last year with the Cowboys? I play, I always try to be around 290, okay. you know, 290s, give or take five So or today that wouldn't be a bad deal because you were fast. I mean. Yep. I mean, I, I you know, hopefully I would still be able yeah, to compete. Yeah. But, uh, but 290, I mean, there's some guys out there today that uh, obviously they're fast and quick, but they're playing at 275 or linebacker 250. I mean, look at look at Luke Keegley, that win over here. I mean amazing what speed and quickness can do right that's it and as well as football iq and putting yourself in the right position and you know keeping that head on a swivel chad henning is with us a former dallas Cowboys super bowl champion and you know chad uh, being a former military guy obviously taking care of the wounded warriors is something that i'm interested in you know uh, so many of the former nfl players that this has become uh, a huge cause because they need it uh, we've been through a lot of wars in this country. We have a lot of guys that need help. Tell me about Humana and what you're doing here today. Well, I'm, I'm so proud of you know my affiliation with Humana, and they've done a great job over the last several years of the Wounded Warrior amputee flag football game. That they've they've had games throughout every NFL city, and you know they always do a game the day before the Super Bowl. This year it's at College of San Mateo uh, here in the Bay Area. You know noon on Saturday, but it's an opportunity for for veterans that have given a lot in, in the fact that there's guys out there playing with prosthetic limbs and in, in wheelchairs um, against former NFL football players. And there's a lot of mutual respect from both parts, but it's an opportunity to, to raise awareness 
raise some money to help different uh, veteran initiatives and programs. And, you know, and I'm very proud of what Humana has done and the fact that they put their money where their mouth is. And, and, and they've not raised, only just contributed over $350,000 over the last three years to uh, the heroes. And uh, this is more impressive. They've hired over 2,600 military that's veterans. That's, that's, very impressive. that's very impressive. So the job situation, how do they go about doing that for these guys? Well, you know, it's still the same opportunity because there's, I mean, the same process in, in hiring. They have a veterans initiative that you can go onto their website and, and, you know, put an application in. But the thing, the great thing that a lot of companies are recognizing is that the intangibles that these military guys have, whether they were enlisted or an officer, as, as you know, that they've had a lot of world experience from leading men in combat, from strategic planning to, you know, reacting tactically to, you know, logistics and the whole nine yards that they bring that skill set uh, as well as the whole functional moral character and leadership um, and ethics attributes that they have to enhance any corporation. So I'm a huge proponent for let's hire veterans. Chad Henning with us, Dallas Cowboys, three-time Super Bowl champion, nine years with one of the best football teams uh, in the world. I mean, what a great football team it was. Uh, flew missions, uh, A-10 Warthogs, Air Force Academy, and I remember uh, your coach at Air Force was who? Fisher DeBerry. I know Fisher. Fisher was awesome, absolutely awesome. We played we played them uh, when I was there twice, and I'll say this, uh, Air Force Academy always played tough 60 minutes you knew you were in for a long game and you knew that they were going to come out and play hard they were a little undersized but man they made up for it with hustle with hustle and uh, and playing at that altitude exactly was not easy is a is a big difference particularly for teams that are coming from sea level of course we were albuquerque so we were six thousand plus plus feet but you know it's those attributes that i spoke of that that veterans have that you know are indoctrinated in in part of our military training at the academy those Things about persistence, resilience, self-discipline, self-reliance, um, playing well, to the work ethic, all those intangibles that we learn. Because in order for us to compete and to be a success, we have to exemplify those attributes. You know, our network is about faith, family, and sports, fspn.net. And uh, we launched a, a new programming network this week, and we've had a lot of people really excited because the network's all about the guys and the gals, about coaches about players, about student-athletes, about who they are on and off the field and what they represent. And fans today are really looking for, you know, who these people are. They want to know more about who the players are. It isn't just about stats and about what they do on the field. What I would like you to talk about is is you played the game that way. Uh, You led in the community, in the military, on the football field. You understood the responsibility of an NFL player. Tell me about faith, family, and football and how that's played out even now in your life. Well, that was one of the things, based on my experience that I had, and I see the the lack thereof, or at least the perception of the lack thereof in the media about who these individuals are. You know, it prompted me, last fall I wrote a book called Forces of Character. And in that book I interviewed ten different people from all walks of life. Some of the individuals you know, Roger Staubach, Troy Aikman, Jason Garrett, Greg Popovich, coach for the Spurs. But people from a broad breadth of, of experience from male, female, you know, black, white, different walks of life. But the one thing that held true with all of them was the aspect of character. They're all force of character. And and for me, that was the reason I wanted to get that out. You know, what you're, you and your network are doing to promote those things that it's more, it's as important, if not more important, to amplify those traits about it's important to be a good teammate. It's important to be an individual of character, a good sport, um, sportsmanship, than it is 
wins and loss, particularly for young kids, because it's those you're you're going to forget about the games that you play, right. but the intangible lessons you're going to carry through in life. As you and I both know, athletics, particularly football, is a phenomenal leadership laboratory, right? right? You learn a lot of life lessons in that, and you want that. Um, I talk about character being kinetic. It's those little decisions that you make along the way that determine, you know, the path that you take in life, your identity, who you are, and do you own up to that identity? And, it, and it's a choice. And, and, you know, I applaud you on your initiative here because this is something that we, ex we need in our culture more than anything is to get back to those basics the, about what the importance of athletics are is, is to teach those intangible lessons, not just to win win games. Chad Henning is a three-time Super Bowl champion, Dallas Cowboys. And Chad, you, we were talking off the air about our kids and about grandkids and about, you know, what I find when I talk to guys that get it in this, that have played in this league, that understand the importance of that priority of faith, family, and, and whatever it is you have a passion for. Um, you were talking about just how uh, gratifying it is to, you know, it's not about you anymore. It's about your kids, your family, and that becomes almost the, the passion um, I've really enjoyed it at this time of my life because, you know, you've done what you've done, but now you're getting an opportunity to mentor, an opportunity to set up the next generation. How has that gone for you with your own family? Exactly. And, and as a parent, my mission is, is to raise my children to be contributing citizens, to be individuals of character, to be individuals of faith that you know their faith is the lens in which they view all their experiences or their perceptions of of the world around them and to and you know when my kids when they get it when they have those moments where they call my kids are both in college and they call hey you know hey dad hey mom you know i did this or i was able to witness to a young person or i was able to you know to to give back and do a community service project you know that's where my wife and I kind of pat yeah. ourselves on the back and say, amen. You know, yeah. thank you, God, for giving us the opportunity and, you know, for the heart that our kids have for their fellow citizens and, and for him. So, I mean, it, it is something that's um, very gratifying and, and uh, you know, it's, it, it is the most important job that I've ever had. You know, Fun. from flying jets or football, being a parent is number one. Awesome. Chad, uh, always a pleasure having you in, man. Congratulations. Thank you for everything. Appreciate it. You're listening to a best-of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with former FSU quarterback and Fox Sports announcer Chris Ricks. Visit FSPN.net for all things faith, family, and sports. And follow Roman on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III fan page. Back on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio, getting you ready for a great college football second half of your weekend. We've got NFL football tomorrow. We'll get you all ready to go. But uh, coming in tonight on Sold Out Sports Talk, we love to have quarterbacks in. Hey, guess why? Uh, one, of our, one of our favorites right here, former Florida State quarterback, 2000. Uh, well, let's put it this way. He's the only FSU guy to start four years for Bobby Bowden, one of our favorite coaches. Had a stint with the Chargers. Uh, now working for Fox Sports, has been doing it quite a while, sideline as well as NFL and college football and radio. is a regular guest on several shows out there, but uh, love to have this guy in. Chris Ricks with us, former FSU Seminole. How you doing, my friend? Roman, I am doing well. It's a pleasure to be on your show. All right, let's, let's get down to business. First, first of all, 
there aren't many Filipino quarterbacks that have played in the NFL. My dad was the first one. Uh, I found out that we were talking before we came on the air tonight that you've got Filipino blood, Irish blood. It's like it's like we're kin almost. You know what I mean? And that's right. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, my uh, my mother Theta was a Filipino. Uh, rest her soul. She passed away from cancer when I was seven years old. But uh, very proud of of our Filipino heritage. Uh, love my big family, as I know you've got a, probably a big Filipino family as well. And I've always taken a lot of pride in that. And it was really in, in college where my family let me know about the great Roman Gabriel. And uh, even playing in the ACC, Florida State and NC State, uh, I got to learn a little bit more about uh, your father and your family. And uh, I've always tried to, to represent that well, being, uh, like you said, not many Filipino uh, quarterbacks in past history. All right, now you have a son, Luke Roman. I know what Luke's all about, biblical, Roman, biblical. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's pretty cool, really cool. I, I always love to hear, love to hear. Uh, you know, I've met some people over the years that Roman's been a part of their son, our son's name, and that's awesome, just awesome. Yeah, well, um, you know, I actually liked Roman for the first name of our, of our firstborn son. That was my thought, but my wife really liked the name Luke. So, as you know, marriage is, is uh, always a... Uh, a compromise and an improvis- improvisation. So um, uh, we settled on Luke Roman, and yes, it was uh, you know my heart and our heart behind it was biblical. But then as we started sharing with our family, uh, mostly the Filipino family, most of my uncles uh, were talking about oh Roman after Roman Gabriel, right? And yeah. uh, so that was really neat. It really became uh, not just a hundred percent biblical, but it became more seventy-five percent biblical and and twenty-five percent. Uh, for Roman Gabriel, so uh, it was uh, it was a neat story and uh, really funny how all my uh, Filipino side didn't think it was for uh, the great apostle Luke, but or uh, Roman, but they were thinking Roman Gabriel. Well, I tell you, you know, you played for one of the great college football coaches and great men in the game. Um, I got to know Bobby Bowden years ago, covering the ACC back in the mid nineties, yes. and. Um, you know, I, one of the things that impresses me most about Florida State players, former players, is whenever you talk to them, uh, they talk so much about the influence that Coach Bobby Bowden had on their life, and, and I'm sure that that's probably true yep. for you as well, right? Absolutely. I mean, first of all, for the opportunity he gave me and, and a scholarship to attend Florida State University, you know, I wasn't very deserving. You know, I was a, I was a good player, but... Uh, I know there was a lot better players out there that uh, he could have recruited. And uh, for him to say this is the first really scholarship offer from the state of California that I've done, because as you know, he, he really just had to stay in the South, in Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Louisiana. Um, you know, I didn't quite get it at the time, but I um, was very grateful for the opportunity. Mark Rick uh, was also heavily recruiting me uh, through that process at Florida State. So the combination of of Bobby Bowden and Mark Rick really led me to uh, to go there and the fact that, that they won the national championship my senior year. So I thought it was just for football, uh, you know, just being a, a young, you know, lost high school kid. But uh, I learned that it was a lot more than that. Uh, hearing his him start every meeting with a message of faith and salvation and then uh, telling me about VFCA, as he called it, and I didn't know what VFCA was, <laughs> and finding out uh, – you know, about the fellowship of Christian athletes and um, just a different environment than, than I kind of a drew, grew up in. 
and uh, hearing guys like Deion Sanders and Peter Bulware and Corey Simon and Charlie Ward and all these guys coming back and talking about their faith, it, it made a huge impact uh, on me and really started the, the faith process for me. So Coach Bowden, uh, as you know, for many former players, has uh, made such a big impact. He's, he's one of my heroes. And my second son is actually named Bobby uh, oh, Robert awesome. after, after Coach Bowden. Chris Ricks is with us, former Florida State quarterback, and uh, had a stint with the Chargers, now Fox Sports, covering college and professional football. And he also, uh, well, this this is what you and I have in common as well. I served, of course, uh, four years with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Kansas and Arkansas. You are working with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Southern California, so what a great, great opportunity for you to uh, serve out in SoCal. That's awesome. Yes, uh, my wife Anita and I have been on staff with FCA now, going on seven years. Uh, February will be uh, will be our seven year mark. And uh, again, just FCA made an impact on me in, in college at Florida State. Started that that faith journey for me. Got me plugged in, uh, you know, to a church uh, and into uh, Champions for Christ with Pastor Ron Miller there at Florida State. So uh, it impacted my life. And then coming back years later. Uh, speaking at some schools in Southern California, the opportunity presented itself to come on staff as a director here in Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, obviously with the combination of ministry and sports, two of my biggest passions, uh, passions and then the fact that uh, I was involved in college, it was something that God was calling us to do. So it's, uh, it's been a privilege. We're on about 95 campuses in wow. Los Angeles County. And uh, still very in its infant stages, but um, it, it's a blessing and a privilege to be a part uh, of the ministry here in California and specifically in Los Angeles where uh, more and more of the gospel is needed. Well, uh, you know, we started with FCA and it gave us the vision to start our own ministry called Sold Out Youth Ministries and then to start our network, the Facebook yeah. Programming Network. So, so many of the lessons learned, so many of the training opportunities and just the opportunity to share the gospel in public schools was was such an incredible field. So uh, awesome that you're involved with uh, not only college and professional sports, but able to reach out to junior high and high school students. And it's so needed today. So uh, congratulations with that. That is totally cool. Uh, the other thing I was going to was going to say about um, college football today is, is that you know, there's such an opportunity on colleges' campuses. I, I know you've probably noticed that um, things have changed on college campuses in terms of uh, openness to the gospel. I mean, when I was in college, yeah. it was a different thing. And I know even when you were in college, it's changed since then. So getting to the kids in junior high and high school is so, so important to develop that spiritual foundation, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I wish I had something like like FCA or something like that before college. I wasn't introduced to a fun, engaging sports ministry like FCA until college, until Florida State. Uh, I, I guess I kind of grew up in the church, but uh, I was, as you know, one of the, uh, what they call the CEO Christian, right? Christmas and Easter only. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe Mother's Day to honor my mom, uh, but, uh, you know, really didn't grow up in the church. So uh, to have that kind of um, environment and atmosphere uh, in college was great, but man, if I could have had that in high school, let alone middle school, uh, it would have impacted me even earlier, and, and I would have made some different decisions. So uh, to be able to connect with these high school students, these middle uh, middle school students, 
it is invaluable because, as we see, when you get to college, you're, you're kind of set in your own way. Yes, you're a young adult, but uh, not only have you, you kind of set your ways and your habits throughout high school, but uh, and now you're even more open to be indoctrinated by uh, the college ad- agenda and the professors and what they're telling you. So uh, it, it's uh, definitely strategic, thankful for the uh, – uh, for the, the model and the opportunity that SDA provides for us to come on the high school campuses, the middle school campuses, plant seeds of faith and encouragement um, as these young people are really molding who they're going to become, not just when they're husbands and, and fathers and wives and mothers, but even as college students. Chris Ricks is with us, Florida State quarterback, and of course uh, working for Fox Sports covering college and NFL football. And about a minute left before I let you go. Um, things becoming very interesting in the college football playoff rankings. We came into the week with Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Louisville, Washington, Wisconsin, those top seven teams. Of course, things changed with a big shakeup last week when you had Ohio State and Michigan losing, Clemson yeah. losing. Uh, but Louisville's loss on Thursday night really throws another wrench in, right? It does, Roman. And as we notice, every year, those Thursday night games, uh, something crazy always happens. I remember at Florida State, we're ranked number three uh, in 2003, and uh, we go up to Clemson and on a Thursday night, well, we get upset. Uh, and actually, speaking of Louisville, in 2002, we went up to Papa John Stadium Thursday night. It's a monsoon. It's raining. We get upset. So uh, I experienced it as a player and now as an analyst, for the past 12 years, those Thursday night games very rarely go as planned. And we saw it again this past Thursday night uh, with Louisville and Houston. So uh, they're always fun to watch. But uh, whether it's a trap game or it's the atmosphere or, or just that Thursday night jinx, uh, the, the favorite uh, very often gets upset. And we, we saw it again. So you have to uh, credit Coach Herman that the job he continues to do at Houston and uh, the target on Lamar Jackson and and Louisville's back, so you know they're still going to make a great bowl game, and who knows what can happen over the next few weeks. But you know that essentially has taken them out of the national championship. Now it's going to be who's going to, you know, who's going to finish this thing. You know, who's going to stop believing all their their own press and own a hype like we've seen with Ohio State and, and Michigan, uh, even Washington last week, and now Louisville. But this is why we love college football, right? And that's why they play the games, and uh, it's really a, a matter of the survival of the fittest, and who's going to be in that, that top four at the end. So it's always fun to watch, and these next few weeks are going to continue to be exciting. Chris, about 10 seconds, who do you like for the Heisman? Is this, is this going to be a big blow, uh, Louisville's loss uh, and Lamar Jackson? You know, I think he's done enough. As long as he finishes strong, we see every year the winners at least has one or two games where they're not at their best. So I think he's still done enough. If he doesn't have another game like he did on Thursday – and finishes strong, I still like Lamar Jackson to win the Heisman. Chris Ricks, former Florida State quarterback. Uh, you can find him on Fox Sports covering college football, NFL football, always involved in football, and, of course, FCA in Southern California. Chris, God bless you. hope you'll come back to see us before the end of the year. Thanks for your time today. Absolutely, Roman. Thanks for having me on. Love the show. Welcome back to a best-of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with former Redskins quarterback Gus Farad. Visit FSPN.net for faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. And follow Roman on Facebook 
at Roman Gabriel III fan page. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio and, of course, 706 Central. Our guest, former Washington Redskins quarterback, University of Tulsa, from the Pittsburgh area, a guy who spent quite a bit of time in the NFL playing the toughest position in football quarterback. Gus Farratt joins us. Gus, how are you? Great, Roman. Thanks for having me on. Hey, awesome, awesome. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize uh, that uh, playing the quarterback position in the NFL uh, that you can, uh, you definitely have to be sharp. You definitely have to be on target. You definitely have to be there all the time. And you played for some pretty good football teams. So uh, a lot of people don't realize that the average career in the NFL is about 2.6 years. And I think it's maybe a little higher, but uh, you had a pretty good career. Yeah. You know, uh, you're, you're dead on about how hard it is and, and the studying that goes into it. I played for seven different teams, 15 years overall. Um, some amazing head coaches, some great quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators. So, and I just didn't play in one system. I went from the digit system with North Turner to, you know, the West Coast offense out in Denver with Coach Shanahan and, and back and forth uh, through the rest of my career. So really was in some uh, crazy and really good offenses. So it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of studying, and it's a whole different language uh, from one system to the next. You know, a lot of people don't realize that, that, uh, you know, playing quarterback's hard enough, but when you have different coordinators and when you're changing different offenses and you're learning different languages, and uh, I guess I, I guess for somebody that's outside of football, Gus, it'd be like somebody that uh, speaks American having to learn Spanish one year and then the next year German and then the next year Chinese. Right, yeah. Once you get the system down, you know, you, you know it pretty well, but it takes a while to get that system because the other stuff is ingrained in your head and, and you're used to verbiage and, and the way things are done. Um, but then all of a sudden you have to switch it all around. And, and so you get used to it. I mean, over 15 years, I kind of understood the game and, and how it was. But also, you know, those coaches have to understand who you are and how you like to play. And some coaches really don't have a problem switching what they do to benefit you and other ones do. So I learned that also through my, my tenure in the NFL. Okay, so you're you're a guy who understands what it's like to back up as well as start and coming off injuries and what it takes, uh, you know, to play at a high level every week. Um, Tom Brady, of course, is coming off a four week or a little more than that, five weeks of uh, of being, you know, out of the system, not even in the stadium, not even practicing, and he comes back to start against the Cleveland Browns this week. Tell me about that, Gus, about the challenge for I don't care how good you are as a quarterback to be off from live game action that long and come back in the, in the fire? Well, it's it's more of a timing thing. I, I think that uh, everybody will have a very good sense of what kind of leader Tom is, you know, so I think he's going to step into that role of the quarterback pretty easily. Uh, he understands the system. He's been in it before, so that'll be easy for him. To, he'll know the verbiage. I think the hardest thing will be the timing, getting out on the field, uh, understand how guys are running routes, even though he's played with some of those guys before. You know, the, the things all change. And But, you know, knowing Tom and the kind of competitor he is, I don't see him having that many struggles. Uh, he may be off a little bit on some of his throws. Uh, you know, and, and then the other thing is, is the footwork in the pocket. Uh, you know, you may see him, you know, maybe struggle with that because it, until you play, until you go out there and, and 
feel the game, you don't really know how to move exactly. Uh, you know, that's why they say the first game of the regular season is like a really a preseason game for a lot of the starters because they've kind of taken it easy through the preseason. So Tom may have a little bit of struggles, but in the end, I think he's going to warm up pretty quick and, and, and be pretty accurate as the game goes on. Now, I guess you're a guy, like I said, that being in the NFL as long as you've been there, there's a system by which you work with footballs, and I'm sure you've been asked this before, but finally putting this deflate gate situation to bed, it seems like it's lasted forever. But were you a guy that liked the ball a little bit more uh, inflated or a little less? Um, uh, I would say a little less, if anything. Uh, you know, a big, hard, inflated ball is tough. And so um, – you know, when, when you uh, get in cold weather, a little more deflation is, is better, but it wasn't anything that we did that, that, that made it that way. Um, the way I like the balls was, uh, you know, we worked with them a little bit more, uh, made the leather a little bit better to grip. Uh, when you can grip, grip the ball a little bit better, you can throw it a little bit harder and, and really, you know, try to fit it in some of those windows that, that when that ball comes out and it's a little slippery, it doesn't get there quite the same. Gus, I don't think people realize um... – the way that NFL balls come out of the package, they're extremely slick. Um, when it is cold, you know, that's why a lot of these guys are wearing gloves. I think, you know, Kurt Warner and Peyton Manning kind of made that popular. But would you have been a guy that, that, that would have gone to a glove in cold weather uh, or would or was your hand big enough to where you feel pretty comfortable no matter what? No, I tried it a couple times, um, you know, and it kind of feels good. But it, if you've never done it before, it's really strange to do it. And uh, I didn't really like it so in cold weather i just really tried to uh you know you, you, as you see the quarterbacks do you lick the fingers and and you try to get that weather but i also think that if the balls are done correctly and um you know they're they're rubbed down the right way and they get some of that wax off that the balls can be really easy to play with in cold weather i have a friend who when i played for the for the rams in st louis uh, he was one of our grounds guys and and his other job was he you know, I kind of went through and, and learned from the from uh, the Minnesota Vikings how to really rub down balls and how to get them ready for a game. And, and Matt kind of did that for us in St. Louis, and now the Rams moved to L.A., and he started his own business actually doing that for colleges and NFL teams, and, and uh, he's done a great job. And it makes a huge difference. Uh, people don't really think it does, but when the ball is the right way and you can really grip it and rip it, uh, it makes a huge difference in a game. Gus Rotz with his former quarterback, Washington Redskins, and he actually is tied for a record of a 99-yard touchdown pass that he threw in November 30th, 2008 against the Bears. And, uh, you know, Gus, one of the things, uh, you know, when you retire from the game is, and I don't know if there's anybody that doesn't struggle with the transition, especially as long as you played. Um, tell me about the transition. Um, you've got three kids, one that's a senior in high school, one that's playing at William & Mary College. Your daughter plays field hockey. Tell me about that transition and about um, you know what you're doing now in terms of challenge in your life and uh, you know because you have to have that challenge, and that's what probably is, uh, I've been told, one of the hardest things about retirement. Well, it is. You've been in a certain system for so long where you go in every day, you're working out, you're doing your thing, and when you do that and then all of a sudden it's, it's gone – you know, you really don't know how to react. So when I first retired, I <clears throat> kind of helped coach uh, my son's youth football team. Didn't really know what I want to do. I'm not a, really a business guy, uh, so I didn't go in, into that route. And you're trying to figure out the next step in your life. But even though I sat through all those meetings and all the stuff the NFLPA gives you, all the stuff the NFL gives you, I never really 
took a, enough advantage to figure out what I wanted to do to do next. Um, I always thought I'd probably go into coaching, and so really what I was learning in the NFL would carry over into football later in my life. And so then I became the head coach at John Burroughs. I really enjoyed that. I, I coached the high school there and, and uh, was actually uh, fortunate enough to coach uh, some really good players. Uh, one of them plays for the Cowboys now, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, and we had a lot of fun. We, we um, never won a state championship, but we were there three times and, and uh, wish we could have won one. But then we moved back to Pittsburgh, and uh, I kept coaching. I, I volunteered uh, for a year at Pittsburgh Central Catholic where my kids went and then uh, went on to the varsity staff and just helped with the quarterbacks. Uh, didn't That wasn't really doing enough for me, so uh, now I've moved on. And, and with a couple different companies, one's called Fourview, where we're, we're, we're developing a uh, stabilized camera. It's a really interesting product. Um, you know, I'm trying to put it on face masks for quarterbacks and other positions so that when people move, it really doesn't, it, it doesn't shake or, or move at all um, as a GoPro or something else would uh, – it's been really ingenious. These uh, gentlemen from Carnegie Mellon kind of started it, and uh, they brought me on to kind of help with the NFL. And so I've been really excited about that. And I'm with another company called um, Rock Solid. Uh, we do soft shell helmets and shoulder pads, and and uh, they're out of Dallas, Texas. And uh, you know they started this company back in 2013. They asked me to come aboard, and I really felt it was good for me to do that, just from the standpoint of. I can give back to the game yeah. uh, from the ground up and start with the young kids and, you know, trying to get these helmets on uh, youth players. And, and so they have a good transition so that someday they go play tackle football. It's not the first time they've ever put this gear on. And, and it's a, you know, we, it's kind of a common sense product that, that we, you know, really enjoy watching these kids go out. Uh, my goal is to get more kids to play the game. We love, I've seen over the years, a lot of kids, not playing the game and, and our numbers have been dwindling here in Western Pennsylvania. So I'm trying to figure out a way that I can get more kids to play the game and enjoy the game that I love and grew up and, and learned so much from. Uh, final moments with Gus Rott, former NFL quarterback, Washington Redskins. And of course, everything's about um, game safety and about player safety now. And if, as you said, if we can get youth and especially parents to feel more comfortable uh, that it's certainly going to help the numbers and keep the game going from the lower level. And, of course, teaching kids to hit the right way with the heads-up programs helped a lot. Um, Gus, tell me about uh, – I, I talked to Troy Aikman one time, and uh, Troy's got three daughters. And I said, Troy, what kind of what kind of dad are you? Are you really involved in the thing, or do you just sit back and watch your kids? He goes, well, I, I, I try not to get involved. I try to just go and enjoy and watch it. But uh, being a coach like you are and having three that are in competitive sports at a higher level – what kind of dad are you, and how tough is it to watch your own kids play? Well, you know, that's a great question. Um, with my daughter, I didn't really, you know, she's playing field hockey and lacrosse, and I didn't really know the rules for those kind of games. And so, you know, it was more I wanted to see her be competitive and, and uh, you know, just kind of talk to her about those things and didn't really get involved too much. Uh, but as far as my boys goes, obviously I've, I've played football. They played football and lacrosse. And so um, – you know, the football aspect, I've really had to learn to uh, step back from what I was saying to them and, and how I handled them because in the end I realized, you know, I want them to be my friend and uh, somebody that I can talk to for the rest of my life. And I never wanted to kind of be too heavy-handed with them. I learned that when my son was a sophomore in high school and I was coaching. and He kind of tried quarterback out, and I was a little tough on him, and I had to really learn that, 
you know, he wasn't communicating with me, whether he was afraid or just didn't want to tell me anything. So I really had to look, step back and take a look at what I, how I was coaching and how I was being with them. And so I, I, you know, I figured that the best thing for me was to kind of let him do what he wanted and, you know, let him deal with his coaches the way he wanted to deal with it and to grow up. And that's the only way, you know, I've been, I've been able to have a better relationship with him that way. Gus, I tell you what, time goes flies when you're having fun. And, uh, boy, I really appreciate you coming in on Sold Out Sports Talk and spending some time with us. I hope you'll come back soon. Yeah, call me anytime. I love talking to you. I appreciate you having me on. When we come back, more on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. You're listening to a best-of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with Caleb Castile from the movie Woodlawn. Visit FSPN.net for all things faith, family, and sports. And follow Roman on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III Fan Page. This young man newcomer Caleb Castillo has been talking about his uh, rendition of Tony Nathan in the movie Woodlawn if you want more information go to Woodlawn the movie uh, Caleb Castillo is with us Caleb how are you? Hey guys doing super well thanks for having me Hey I'm fired up to have you man what's it like to uh, put on the uniform and uh, put your head in there and uh, play a little football? Man it was great man I we had a lot of fun making this movie uh, I think it was something that uh, you know Taught me a lot of lessons and uh, also something that uh, just kind of made me a better person overall, just to kind of dive in the story and uh, learn, uh, you know, who Tony was and about uh, more about the city and different things like that. So we got a lot of things going on in this film, Caleb. Uh, we've got, we've got uh, you know, obviously football at, at the center, which is the world's most popular sport. We've got Alabama in the early 70s with racial segregation. We've got a high school football team coming together through segregation, which, uh, which my generation, my wife's generation, went through that right where I'm from in Wilmington, North Carolina. She was the first graduating class uh, in a similar situation and told me about all the struggles and what came with that. So what was it about this role and about this opportunity that turned you on? Well, I think that for, for me it's uh – it was a story that, you know, I grew up in Birmingham a majority of my life. And so for me to be able to uh, step into a story that took place in my own backyard was super special to me. And um, I think it was awesome to be able to play a, a, a somewhat of a hero, I would say, uh, in my in Birmingham and a legend of Alabama. And um, so I, I think for me it was just, an honor to be able to play this role. Um, it was cool to be able to step back into the football pads for a little bit also. Caleb Castillo is with us. He plays Tony Nathan in the movie Woodlawn. And, uh, you know, reading a little bit about you, Caleb, uh, you said it. You know, growing up in Alabama, first of all, in the SEC, Alabama football, and, of course, at the time where you play Tony Nathan, you know, that was, you know, Bear Bryant was as close to – uh, uh, not being sacrilegious, but to a football god as there could be in terms of coaches and, and history and success. And, of course, you have family members that played at Alabama. Is that right? 
Well, I myself played at Alabama uh, from 2010 to 2013 with Coach Saban. I uh, won two national championships there, and my brother, uh, both my older brothers and my father also played at the university, too. So um, it's kind of uh, in, our, in our blood or in our family, I would say. Tell me about acting with people like Sean Astin, who plays uh, a man who is impacted by a revival and, and really has the courage to share his conviction and share what needs to be done for things to change with this group of young men. And then also playing alongside one of the great actors, Academy Award-winning actors, John Voight, who took on Bear Bryant. Well, both of those guys are just absolutely absolutely professional in every aspect of how they uh, operate on a daily basis on set. It was just, you know, absolutely incredible to be able to see, to be able to be around them, to be able to just be coached by them uh, in and out of scenes. And so for me as a young guy coming in film, who, uh, you know, didn't have any film experience, I was just soaking up every single bit of uh, what I could get from those guys just to be able to give the performance that I needed. Caleb Castillo here with us, former Alabama Crimson Tide. And, um, Caleb, you know, one of the things that people say about sports and about faith-based movies in the past was, well, sometimes the acting wasn't as good as it should have been, or sometimes the action, you know, if it was portraying football or sport, wasn't quite up to snuff. Uh, but the Irwin brothers have really come a long way. I've heard them speak. Uh, I've been around a lot of Christian filmmakers. I'm one myself. And we all, as Christians, want to see us do it the way Jesus would do it, which is to compete with the world and to show people out there that Christian films and documentaries and television programs can be technically, and in an acting standpoint, up to the world standards. Tell me about the football part of this movie, being a former football player, and what audiences can expect in terms of the quality of the football scenes. Well, the football is just in your face, man. It, it, it takes the audience and places you right into the game. I think it's one of the most incredibly shot uh, football films that is out, honestly. Um John and Andy had a vision and a plan along with our sports coordinator, Mark Ellis, uh, to create scenes um, to where the audience felt like they were inside the play. So you look at football, it's shot from the outside in. Uh, when you watch on TV, you know, if you're in the stadium, it's all created that way. spectator sport. But what they wanted to do was take the spectator and put them inside of the play. So all of our shots are shot from the inside out. So that's what gives the audience a feel that they're in the game, um, that they're making the runs with me, that, you know, they're seeing me sweat. They're seeing the pain on my face when I'm getting hit, you know, those bone-crushing tackles or, uh, you know, they're seeing the handoff like as if they're taking the handoff. So it's, it's we took the audience to put them right in the game. It's awesome. And uh, I think that it just makes this film unique. Caleb Castillo with us uh, played running back touchdown Tony Nathan in the movie Woodlawn. And, um, Caleb, you know, one of the things that touched my heart about 
this film and other films like it in terms of faith, family, and sports films is, you know, when I was in college football back in the early 70s, you know, we had a group of about 40 guys on our team that, that made a difference uh, as Christian athletes. We weren't just committed to football players, but we were committed to our school, committed to making a difference in people's lives. And when I saw that more than 40 players on the entire team in this film, you know, are the ones that make the difference, it just took me right back to my college football days. Many of my friends are evangelists. Many of my friends are pastors. Many of my friends are working in sports ministry. And to be involved in sports ministry and to see where we've come, uh, I think I read an article where you said that history repeats itself. And, you know, we were dealing with faith-based things and, and how prevalent that was in everyday life. And now we see articles where they're stopping teams from doing high school prayers before games, stopping parents from praying in the stands. Um, where are you on that, and how do you feel about where we're going with that? Well, I think that um, you got to look at all the issues that these schools are having, uh, whether it's the shootings or whether it's the policemen coming in and having to, Dissolve situations with the students, or well, whatever it may be. And you, I mean, you look at how they they can prayer out of most schools, and I think prayer is something that's positive. I think prayer brings healing. I think prayer brings peace. And so, um, am I forcing that on anyone? No, but you know, I'm just uh, I'm saying that from what it's done in my personal uh, experience of. Uh, and and in, in in my life, and um, I, you know, for me, I just think that those are things that we need now, especially in our younger generation. We need peace. We need to learn how to forgive. Uh, and we need to learn how to love. So um, I'm all for it, man. You know, final moments with Caleb Castillo from Woodlawn playing Tony Nathan, and uh, this film has so much going for it. You know, I've talked to a lot of my friends who are involved with FCA and involved with a lot of other things going on out there where they've had these get-togethers on on college and high school campuses, on football fields, showing the film outside, how this film is changing lives. And in about one minute, Caleb, how will going to this film possibly alter or change or help you change someone else's life? Well, I just think the film speaks for itself, and I think one of the most powerful things uh, that we have is testimony. This film is filled with so so many testimonies of how uh, people just allowed the love of Jesus Christ to penetrate their lives and, and change them from the inside out. So I think that, I think it's as simple as that. And, you know, when you turn on the on the film and you watch it I think it'll make you just ask questions you know what I mean it'll make you uh, analyze your life and your thought process and uh, whatever you know I, I think wherever your your flaws are are based on what you see in the film it will it will make you it'll make you think about those things and um, it's an inspiring film and it's a family film and uh, it's a motivating film and I think it's it's just it's a special film overall that um, I'm just so grateful to be a part of Caleb about 20 seconds what was the toughest part of shooting the football part of this for you oh man toughest part of shooting the football for me was definitely those rain scenes man uh, people don't know it gets cold in Alabama uh, <laughs> 
we were shooting those rain scenes in about 24, 23, uh, somewhere in there, degrees, and, you know, we're trying not to literally freeze, you know, so uh, that was tough. Well, the good news, Caleb, is that we know when we watch the film that you suffered a little bit, and that's what football is all about. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III on AFR Talk. Podcasts of this program are available at AFR.net. Thanks for listening, and join us again next week for Sold Out Sports Talk. Yeah.